All right, here we go. Welcome in, everyone. This is the Final Score Podcast. I'm Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department. So glad you decided to check us out on this week's episode. Uh, Urbana boys lacrosse coach Gavin Donahue uh, will, will join us. Uh, Gavin is the coach of the reigning uh, class uh, 4A state champions in, in, in boys lacrosse. So we'll talk to uh, Coach Donahue about the Hawks' great run to the state title last year where, where they really won the title in dominant fashion but were tested in the championship game against Towson. And we'll talk to him about just how different this year's uh, Urbana boys lacrosse team is and just sort of his expectations uh, for the season as well as his, his background. Uh, how, how did Coach Donahue come to be a lacrosse coach? What's his background in the sport? So we look forward to talking to Coach Donahue about all of that good stuff. Uh, but first, um, uh, our new sports reporter Alexander Dacey is here. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm 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 great. Uh, what is this? The start of week three. It's week on, three. Uh, on yes. The job. So, do, do you feel like a news post veteran at this point, or are you still settling in a little bit? Still settling in a little bit, but I, I've kind of got the hang of things. Um, I mean, la- kind of just getting thrown in last week into the fire to just like basically cover one game every day. That was that was great and. Um, haven't covered any this week uh, because I'm working on a bit of a bigger story that's going to be coming out Friday. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, um, get, we'll talk about that more which, next week. Which we yeah. will talk about next week. But, um, but yeah, no, it's 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 been good. Yeah, I mean, you you, you joined us. It's sort of uh, uh, right in between uh, seasons there. So so uh, your your first week on the job, there just were, were no games. But but yeah, it was it was great that um, that you were able to uh, get out to some games last week and. And what I wanted to talk to you about this week, you're sort of doing something unique. You have some power. People love power rankings, of course. Uh, no exception, whether it's high school sports, college, or professional. You have power rankings this week. I, I, I love this. Tell, tell us what, you, what you've done here. Yeah, so I had been talking with John, uh, John Cannon, and he had, you know, in the past done power rankings for various sports. I know you did some as well, and then Joe, when he was <clears> on the desk, would – would do power rankings as well. Yeah, we, we do them on our prep page. Yeah, we, we rank like the top four teams or whatever. And so that kind of got me thinking for baseball, um, you know, because that's kind of my sport that, I, that I'm going to probably be having the greatest focus on this spring. You know, kind of what the, what's the state of play with baseball? And today was really interesting because the presumptive top four teams in the county, uh, Brunswick, Catoctin, Urbana, and Middletown. And this was this was Wednesday, yes, that we're talking about. Yes, yep. yes. Sorry, yep. today today's Wednesday when we're recording this. Um, but on Wednesday, uh, you know, all four of those teams played each other, and you know, and so that kind of things things after today after today or after Wednesday kind of settled into place a little bit and gave us some kind of interesting looks at you know that that those top four are all very kind of tightly bunched together. And then there's a group of a couple other you know teams that are maybe possibly um you know a little bit right behind and then there's kind of a group of the i i don't want to say bottom feeders but you know i guess for lack of a better word bottom feeders but um no so i i decided to you know while i had a little bit of time today just sort of jot down a couple of notes based on the games and kind of give an initial power rankings again it's very early you know, yeah, we're what this is the what the second full week. Of this the is the season. second full week of the season, and I mean, if you want to look at the you know the disparity because of rainouts and stuff, Urbana just played its second game today, second in 
what, like 10 days. Uh, Linganore's already up to five. So, you know, it, it's kind of a disparity, but. Yeah. Well, I don't have a drum roll, unfortunately. <laughs> um, maybe we could pound on the desk <laughs> a little bit here. But uh, what have you come up with for your Alexander Dacey's first baseball power rankings of the season? You want to go? You want to go from bottom to top or top to bottom? I'll go. I'll go bottom to top. All so right. right now, number number four. Yeah. Right now is Middletown. They are one and three, but the caveat there is their three losses are to your top three teams. The top three teams that are all ahead of them in the standings. They have faced three straight division one pitchers which you know you covered the game against urbana yeah uh, today, and, and andy baker their coach yeah. their longtime coach said he's never seen that before where, where his team has faced three consecutive division one pitchers and and that and also despite the fact that they're one and three uh i've been keeping track of run differentials they only have a minus three run differential which means they're basically all these games are really close and they have been really close so yeah, so Mid- Middletown's kind of uh, had a had a tough. Let's put it this way: they, they've they've been a the record is a product of a tough schedule, um, but they, in terms of actual talent, are very much you know up there. So yeah, they're number four. And, and the word from Andy Baker is he is not discouraged by their by by their one and three start. So definitely, yeah. Um, uh, number three. Number three right now is Urbana, who's one and one. Um, again, this one. They're kind of sliding in here just because, again, there's not as much. We haven't seen as much from them because of the rainouts. They played Sherwood back on opening day, March 21st. Had basically one bad inning that cost them the game. They lost nine to four. Um, and then due to due to the weather and stuff, they've been off. They were off until today when they beat Middletown. So um, basically, just because of that, we, the only team we really know they're better than is Middletown, and so that's why they're number three. Number two and number one was was settled based on the game that these two teams played on Wednesday. Um, number two, number two is Catoctin, three and who's three and one. Only loss is to the number one team, which is Brunswick, four and zero. Only undefeated team left in the county. Um, again, again, keep in mind, people, we're two weeks into the season. Two, Ca- calm down. Yeah. Deep, deep breath. We're, we're two weeks in. I know the second that I that I that this goes out and that I post it on on my Twitter feed, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get angry comments. I know how power rankings work. They stir up a lot of controversy. Right. We're two weeks in. These, these, and these are these are fluid. They they could they could change. Just because you're number one now doesn't mean you're gonna stay there uh, for the rest of the season. Just because you're number four now doesn't mean you'll stay there for the rest of the season. Yeah, definitely. But um, so Catoctin number two and Brunswick number one. That determination was solely based on you know based on the game today in which uh, Brunswick held on for a seven to six win, um, and. That, that that again that's basically it these will ch- these can and will change but for right now that's that's sort of state of play of the top four yeah i don't have to tell you this as a baseball guy yeah. the common denominator that runs through all four of these teams is they all have including middletown middletown doesn't have maybe the division one guy but but they have good pitching they've, yes. they've pitched well so far good good pitching yes yeah that's the common denominator. Lots of studs and, and, and lots of very other very good pitchers. And, and obviously pitching will, you know, pitching will, will, will determine, you know, most of these games. I mean, even some, even some of the best pitchers like might get caught in a hard luck loss. Like I think this was, I think Tuesday Linganore uh, played a makeup game 
Uh, ben Moore started, gave up one hit and one unearned run. And Linganore lost one nothing. Right, and Linganore's not even in your top four yet. And no, and Linganore, yeah. Linganore is you know. And Ben Moore might be the best pitcher in the area. Yeah, he might be the best pitcher in the area. So it, it, it's just you know it's kind of especially this early on it's kind of a crapshoot. But um, I think as teams start to settle in over the next week, two weeks, you know, three weeks even when the weather starts to warm up a little bit, uh, then I think we can really start to see some interesting things. But. Yeah, for now that's for now that's my top four. <laughs> now that you've opened the Pandora's box oh, of uh, power rankings, <laughs> <laughs> I mean the other sports are going to be like softball's going to be like. What about our power rankings? What about what about what about uh, boys lacrosse rankings? Girls lacrosse rankings? Mm-hmm. Are are you planning to expand your power mm-hmm. rankings prowess here? Yes, to include the other sports. Yes, if I actually start to see more of the teams, um, I know. John has John has done almost exclusively softball. Right. Um so Yeah, you haven't you haven't seen a ton so far. Right. I mean, you saw a nice slate of games last week, but but still you're yeah, still feeling things a, out here. No, I have not seen a ton. The only one I've seen a lot of is baseball, and that's again just because I play that's the sport I'm most familiar, you know, most familiar with and you know with the teams in this area, but no, like softball, I will defer to John because he's seen most. You know, he's seen. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll drag John in here to, 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 to give us uh, some softball. We're, we're going to become uh, the power rankings I, uh, opening segment here. I, I I can tell you though that uh, I have a I kind of have a running uh, standing spreadsheet that I've been working off of. Uh, Catoctin's the only undefeated team in the county, and they have a plus forty six run differential. So uh, that's yeah. pro- that's probably going to be your. Uh, not not so hot take. That's probably the number one softball. team in the county for softball. <laughs> right. Yeah. But. Plus forty six is not not too shabby. Yeah. So now will you again, now that we've opened the power rankings Pandora's box here, will you can you can can you see yourself ranking p- position players uh at all? Top pitchers in the county, top hitters. I um or are we just going way too far down this rabbit hole? <laughs> Um, I think it's, I think, I think the best answer to that is when I'm familiar enough with everyone, which again, will probably be, you know, shoot, probably this point towards the end, you know, towards the end of the year, at least, you know, partway through the year, if not towards the end of the year, um, that's probably might be more of a postseason thing. Um, and again, especially at certain positions like pitcher where it's just completely stacked, Right, you know, <clears throat> it, it, it it might be hard at, at yeah. First and as you so. know, you, and as you know, you can't judge pitchers just on the win loss record exactly. because what kind of team do they have around them? And right. did the offense have a good day that day? Did they get any run support, or or were they left out the left out uh, the hang and dry there? Yeah, so. Ab- absolutely. So I I think I think that's that's also probably a Pandora's box that. <laughs> Might be end up being even more controversial than a than actual team power. Right, and, and so. right. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say we're we're turning you we're turning you in the, I, in your first I, couple weeks on the job here into Mr. Power Rankings. You'd probably be the mayor of Frederick for power rankings are so popular because people love them and they love to hate them that you'd probably be the mayor of Frederick before too long if you yeah if you were Mr. Um, power rankings. And I, I and I am ready. I am ready. Uh, I have I know I have built up a fair amount of goodwill the first two weeks, but I am ready for all the <laughs> all the all the parents and alums to just, just completely tear me down over this. Um, I know I have subjected myself to this, and I may have made a mistake. You, you know have what? dipped your you have dipped your toe into <laughs> in, in, into these waters, and, and there's there's no going back now. The the, the sharks are circling. Yeah, and, and, I, uh, and, you're, and you're on the raft or the I, surfboard. 
I apologize. It's nothing personal. <laughs> <laughs> they can change. They can change. Calm down, everyone. They, uh, they can and will change uh, over the course. Of the, maybe they won't change very much, but but the, the potential exists at least for them to change. Yep. So. All right, Mr. Power Rankings, Alexander Dacey, thanks for coming in. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to have you on. This, will, this is going to become a regular thing now just because of the popularity and the power of Power Rankings. So, so thanks for coming in. When we come back, uh, we'll, we'll talk to Urbana Boys Lacrosse coach Gavin Donahue. What are his Power Rankings for Boys Lacrosse in the county? Last spring, the Urbana Boys Lacrosse team rolled to its first state championship in dominant fashion. The Hawks finished 12-0, had four Division I players powering their juggernaut offense, and played solid defense to boot. So far in this new season, the Hawks are 2-1, and the team is very different with a mix of experience and inexperience and players adjusting to new and more prominent roles on the field. Uh, the coach of the Hawks is Gavin Donahue, and very pleased to have him in studio with me this week. Welcome, Gavin. How are you, sir? Doing well. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here tonight. Uh, absolutely. And I, I know you're not a guy that cares about the, the outside expectations, but, but, but they are a real thing. And it's not hard to imagine many people, uh, fans and even opponents, uh, expecting you guys to pick up right where you left off last year. But as I mentioned, the team is very different. So what, what do people need to understand about your team this season? Um, you know, overall, uh, we're worried about uh, what the guys' expectations are in the locker room between the coaches and the players. Uh, we don't wor worry about too much what outsiders think. Uh, but inside the locker room, you know, our coaches hold all our players to a you know, high standard year in and year out. Um, like you stated, we are a different team. Um, you know, we graduated a, a bunch of our offensive talent and our point guys last year. Um, but this year, uh, we have a couple returning guys that had had an impact on our season last year. Um, and then, you know, starting a young group there. Um, so we know we're going to have some growing pains on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but our goal with them, uh, every day, day in and day out, is to get a day better. Um, and on defense, we have a bunch of starters left uh, from our team last year. So it's a little flip-flop this year that we're going to be a defensive-minded team um, at, at, until our offense, you know, can click on all cylinders, hopefully, you know, midseason towards the end of the season. Is, is that a hard buy-in, Gavin, getting guys uh, excited about playing defense? No. <laughs> No, I mean, my, my guys like playing defense. I'm the defensive coordinator uh, as well. Um, so, you know, I like to think they like to play hard and, and you know, f kind of f follow my mentality of just being hard-nosed and, you know, being gritty guys and coming to work every day. So uh, we, we have uh, high expectations for them this year. Yeah, I, I was talking to Harrison Bryant and uh, Dylan Lang, uh, who scored, of course, as a sophomore, the game-winning goal in, in the state championship against Towson. I was yeah. talking to them after your win over Walkersville on Tuesday night, and that, and that was a good win, a very solid win over a team that had yet to lose up until that point. And um, they were talking about, like, like drop passes have been an issue for you guys so far in practices and games, and that's that's something you didn't have to worry about at all last season. Um, with the team that you had. And I imagine there's other things like that, too, like drop passes, the little things. Like, it, it's just different this season, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's just different. Uh, um, you know, we, we try to, you know, 
we have to concentrate on a lot more stick work and practice more than we have in the last uh, several years, um, which is okay. It's just, a, it's just a different mentality towards practice, and our practice plans change a little bit there. Um, and, you know, we have to make sure we capitalize on every opportunity we get on the offensive end of the field, um, you know, because last year, as you know, you know, we put 18, 20, 22 goals in a game or so um, until, you know, that state championship game against Towson. Um, so, you know, we're, if we could get to 10 to 12 this year, I like our chances, you know, against, you know, a lot of teams in the state. Um, so we, we just harp on we got to finish when we have opportunities um, and that uh, we need to get to that 10-goal um, cushion there. Um it's kind of the rule of 10, we call it now. If we could score 10 and let up less than 10, we got a good opportunity to win this year. Yeah, let's go back to that state championship game. I mean, that was such a different game than the game you guys had played all season. The final score was 7-6, to six, and you needed everyone to pitch in to sort of win that game. You had to play defense. I mean, defense – your defense wasn't under a lot of pressure uh, at all last year, but it was all of a sudden in, in the state final against Towson. So just how satisfying was it to win that game in the, in the way that you won it? Uh, that game, going into that game, uh, if you told me that we were going to win 7-6 and, and hold that trophy up at the end of the game, I'd call you crazy. That wasn't the type of game that I thought – it was going to be. I thought I could see it 12-10, 13-11, 13-12 or something like that. Um, you know, especially we lost one of our key defenders going into that game. He broke his foot. Who, um, who, who Jackson Weston. Yeah. Um, and so we had to ask, you know, Adam Radford was a guy we asked to step up. He was a junior. You know, he played throughout the season just because of our lopsided victories. Um, but, you know, he wasn't a starter for us. And he kind of stepped in and – did a really, really good job that game. Um, and Towson came in with the exact game plan, you know, to slow the ball down against an athletic team that liked to play fast. Yeah, I mean, because you guys were a fast-breaking team last year. It, it was exciting to watch because you guys would take possession and uh, the Joswiaks and the Colors would whip the ball down the field and into the net. That, that, that was your team last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, so, I mean, Towson had a great game plan. I mean – How were they able to do that, yeah? Just possessing the ball, um, you know, and I don't like to overextend our defense. Um, you know, I'm not going to go press out and get out of our game plan. So we kind of just settled in there and, you know, just played good fundamental defense. Um, you know, we were down 3-1 at the half there. Um, and it was the first time all season we usually had to slow our guys down because we're like, all right, let's we got to slow down so we save our midfielders kind of thing. Um, but at, at the halftime, the halftime adjustment was, okay, guys, don't listen to Coach Donner to slow it down. Let's make this a track meet because this is the only way we're going to beat these guys. They're trying to slow it down and make it a marathon. We got to make it a sprint. Um, you know, and that's what we did in the second half. And midway through that third quarter, you know, our coaches looked at each other and we're like, okay, this, the tempo starting to go in our favor. Um, and then, you know, towards the end of the third quarter, middle of fourth quarter, we finally grabbed that first lead and, you know, once once I saw our kids' eyes in one of those timeouts, like, Coach, we're not losing this game. You know, I don't really care. We've we've sacrificed so much, um, and and they they finished the deal out. 
And, and to have Dylan, a, a sophomore, score the game-winning <laughs> goal, to have a, a young uh, underclassman finish the deal for you guys like that and step up in a huge spot, I mean, that had to be really cool to see. Yeah, I mean – you could have named five guys to finish the game off. You know, Jason Kolar, Eric Kolar, Jason Jaziak, Jack Jaziak, Austin McMahon had a heck of a game that day. Um, it, I don't know if I would have told you Dylan Lang would have scored that game winner, but I, Jason Kolar did make a great dodge, you know, to make the defense slide towards him. And, you know, Jason's great vision found Dylan, who made the right cutoff ball and, you know, he finished one-on-one with the goalie and in a big-time position like that as a sophomore that didn't get huge minutes, you know, he executed, which which says a lot about him as a lacrosse player. Yeah, and of all the studs you had on your roster last year, you didn't have that stud face-off guy. I mean, that, that, that was the one uh, area where you weren't, like, super strong. But you won the face-offs you had to in the, in the second half of that Towson game. And I thought Harrison Bryant, who was also a sophomore last year, really sort of emerged into that role. He became sort of a go-to face-off guy. Yeah, Hunter Bryant. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, Harrison Bryant's the football player for for the Cleveland Browns. (laughs) Uh, Hunter Bryant. I'm sorry, Hunter. Yeah, so Hunter Bryant uh, and Elijah John Jocks, he didn't get too many reps in that state championship game. Um, But we kind of mid-season, we solidified them as our two guys that we were going to try to focus on uh and if I have to be honest one of our weak points as a coaching staff is that we don't have a face-off guy that was a player on our staff which you know goalie and face-off is one of those specialty positions that you kind of to know the in- intricacies of that position you kind of got to be in the situation um so we actually one of my ex-players uh from Oakdale uh John Page um you know, who went on to play at Queens, uh, and he was coaching out doing a GA position in Lewis University in Chicago, um, and he was done with that tenure. So he wasn't coaching college, so we could bring him back. And he, when he came back from that position, he came to practices and worked with Hunter and Elijah and on counter moves and all the intricacies that they needed, and I think that helped us just – big time right on you know, the face-off X and the wing guys too we worked with yeah because when Ligonor won their state titles they, they had dominant face-off guys they, they, they won those state titles in the in in, in the face-off circle yeah you, you guys won yours just by getting possession in, in, yeah in, I mean our goal in that yeah. face-off wasn't to win, win them but we wanted to not get beat cleanly and we wanted to make it a 3v3 ground ball us first them and you know if we made it that we thought our athletes could you know beat them to the ball and come up with big physical ground balls yeah and, and hunter and again my apologies hunter for calling you harrison but hunter he's a, he's a big kid so, oh, yeah, so to have him in, in in that circle i mean yeah and i mean it, it was late in that game i think it was off a face off if i recall correctly he came up with a big round ball and he ate some big time checks down the opposite sideline of the bench uh and i ended up calling a timeout but he he he, he ran through a couple guys in a big time situation to keep possession of that ball. Wasn't that one of the coolest things about that win? Is is you? It was your young guys coming through there. It, it, I mean, the the Kolars and the Jaswiaks and Austin McMahon was great, but it was the young guys that really came through for you. Yeah, right? I mean, you know, when, when you look at it, <laughs> and like I discussed, you you expect your 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 big dogs to to have an influence in a in a magnitude of a game like that. Um, but like you said. It was the young kids who, you know, 
made some big time plays for us to be able to win a state championship. You know, the first one at Urbana, which was pretty special. And it just shows you, you know, to win a state championship, you need everybody to contribute, you know, in order to do something special like that. Yeah. You guys have been knocking on the door for, for a while. I mean, what, what did it mean to you guys to finally break through and, 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 and get that trophy? <laughs> I mean, it was just, uh, it, it was surreal to be honest with you. You know what I mean? I know before, I even got down here, um, you know, in Frederick County. Um, Urbana had some really good teams with, like, Trey Wilkes was on that team, who I know very well now through coaching club and stuff like that. And now he's at Delaware, actually. Um, but they, they were knocking on the door. They had really good teams and got to the finals and ran into some really good teams. Um, but to bring it back, you know, to, you know, Frederick County, Urbana High School, was it, it was really, really special. And to be honest, what these – kids uh you know the 21 class dealt with with covid and then their season getting pushed back and not knowing if they were going to have a playoff and yeah you only had 12 games yeah 12 games and then senior week was an issue a little bit in there that they had to miss senior week and the sacrifices so you know there was a lot of things that went on in that little mini season that you know i looked at them before they you know i gave them a couple days of senior week because I didn't want to miss the whole thing so I gave him just a weekend but I told him we got to be back for Monday for practice for that playoff run and I looked in all their eyes you know I, I think it's 15 of them and I said if you guys come back and and you sacrifice that you're going to remember this for a lifetime and and now they will because and all of them you know after Brad Leonard comes into mind he looked at me he goes coach it was worth it, it gave me a big hug you know so it was it was it was awesome. I mean, those are the cool moments of the yeah. job. That, that that's why you do the job for for for, for a moment like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it was also June too, so you guys had a warmer season. I mean, we were we were at Walkersville Tuesday night, bundled <laughs> yeah. up in the in the in the forty degree weather, but but it was in June, so so you actually won that game, and and you could wear shorts and short sleeves and get away with it. Yeah, yeah. I remember the football coach told me, you know, it was it was football. It was the fall season. He goes. Coach Donnie, I don't know how you do this every year. This is crazy. <laughs> this is freezing the whole time. But. It, 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 it's worse because in the fall, you're you're sort of expecting it to get colder. So, so you're sort of bracing for it. Right. But in the spring, you want it to, you're like, okay, well, spring's almost here, warm weather, and then you're out there and it's 38 degrees at a lacrosse game. And I always feel for the goalies, too, who have minimal uh, equipment on, and, and they're taking shots from hard – rubber balls yeah, well, I mean, it can't be a lot of fun <laughs> goalies are a little different <laughs> <laughs> right to be in that cage with with uh the minimal padding they wear right and uh getting 90 mile per hour shot, shot uh, on a cold night that doesn't feel too great no. I'm, I'm sure uh and and now those kids that came through for you uh, last year in in spot duty now they're your key guys uh, Hunter uh, Bryant, uh, Dylan Lang. They're, those are the guys that are running your offense now. Hunter was sort of a defensive midi face-off guy for you last year. Now he's one of your top attack men and he's played great so far. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously Hunter, um, Tuesday night when you were there, uh, you know, I think he had six or seven goals. Um, he's had a great, you know, he had a great preseason on scrimmages and he showed us that, you know, he really worked hard in the offseason to develop his offensive skills. Um Dylan Lang, Gavin McKay, you know, started for us at the lefty attack spot last year. Um, he didn't have to do a whole lot last year because we had the other guys, but he's 
stepping into that bigger role where, you know, we're hoping we could trust him in a big situation. Um, and then Elijah John Jocks. I know he didn't play a whole lot, but he did get the face-off reps. And that was kind of a two-year plan for us. You know, we knew last year he wasn't going to get a whole lot of playing time, but we knew he was going to step in as a first midfielder for us this year. Um, and he's stepping into that first first line midfield uh role so uh and then Andrew Bennett's been on the team since a sophomore um you know he's finally got his chance um he was number four the other night uh just athletic gritty tough kid uh picking up ground balls and moving and doing the right thing all the time so you know we like where our offense is and the potential that we have on that side of the ball we just got to click and you know raise our IQ a little bit and we and you know Coach DeMeo and Coach Camp, who came on this year, you know, I believe that uh, they're going to get our offense where they need to be by the end of the season. Yeah, I, I got to apologize to Elijah John Jocks too, because I, I, th- I think I called him an, a freshman in, in, in the story I wrote about that Walker Siller banner game, and he's not a freshman, no. but he is. But he is listed as a freshman on your oh, on, okay. on your roster. Yeah, so, okay. you, so you guys threw me. Okay. You guys, you guys, <laughs> you, guys, you, guys you guys, you guys threw me off. But I should have remembered him last year because he was right. taking taking a lot of keys face off. So. So Elijah, Elijah is not a freshman, despite what I what I wrote in the paper about him. So, uh, so, so your defense is talk about your defense because that, that, that's like you said going to be one of the backbones of your team this season. Yeah. So uh, our defense, uh, Dominic Savoy, um, he is now a four year starter for me. Uh, so he's kind of uh, he's kind of my defensive coach on the field. Um, great communicator. He knows our slide packages in and outs. He knows our zone defenses, our our man defenses, you know, our, our rides. Uh, so he's kind of the leader there. But then we have Justin Tundo, who last year started for us as a sophomore, who now is a junior. Um, and he, you know, he's a, a big athletic kid. Um, and just, you know, he's going to go play at a Division two, division high-level Division two, Division three school one day. Um, and then we have Adam Radford, who I mentioned – uh, stepped up in that role for the state championship game for us. So he's a starter. Uh, I've had the luxury of coaching him in club as well. So he knows my defenses very well. And then we have a freshman, uh, Aiden Himes, who has stepped up into the role starting down low at the close defense with Adam Radford and Dominic Savoy. And he gave me the faith in him that I could trust him down low because I think Justin Tondo is actually a better long stick midfielder up top playing against our opposing team's best midfielder. So I like where we're at in terms of our long poles uh, and our, our short stick D midfielders uh, are stepping into their roles and, you know, learning that part of the game too. So I like our defense. I, did, I, I don't think our poles are going to get beat very many times. Um, so it, it's good for us. And then we got Carter Berg in the, in the goal. Uh, for you know, first year starting, he's a junior. Um, tough first game this year. Uh, tough first game against Sherwood. Kind of uh, had the butterflies, I think, <laughs> against a you know a solid. Uh, uh, understandable, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, and we actually had to pull him out, and you know, at some point in that game, just to get his feet underneath him a little bit. Uh, but then we come back and play Falston, and he has 19 saves against Falston. And you only gave up four goals. You won that game with, yeah. with, with, six, with six, six goals. Six, here, six. here you go again with, <laughs> yeah. with, with a low-scoring win. Yeah, 6-4, and he had 19 saves. Uh, so he bounced back, and then, you know, he made the saves on uh, last night, Tuesday night, against Walkersville when we needed to make the saves. So we 
we, we like where he's at there. Yeah. So when when Carter, when you know he's nervous, when you know he's struggling, you pull him aside and and what do you what do you say to the young man? Um. Uh, I really, I don't really talk to the goalies too much. We have a goalie coach, T.J. Ellis, okay, yeah. who also played for me at Oakdale. Yeah, uh, who just graduated from Salisbury last yeah. year. You know, we're getting old, Gavin. When, when, <laughs> when you got guys on your staff that you coached, I so. know it's 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 fun though to have them on my side, now. right? <laughs> um, but so he kind of deals with the goalies, and you know, he kind of nodded to me that night, Coach. Take take him out, take him out. Yeah. Um, you know, so he took him out. He talked to him, and you know, I think. His words were something along the lines, you're still our guy, but, you know, you're just not having your night tonight. Right. So we're going to give, you know, Andrew Phillips, you know, a shot here. And, and were you confident that um, Carter was going to bounce back against yeah. Paulson like yeah. he did? Yeah. 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 It kind of was, to be honest with you, uh, I don't know if you recall, but in the regional championship game last year, Colin McKay, yeah. who was our goalie, who had a heck of a state championship game, um, we had to pull him out in the regional championship game against Tuscarora. Uh, we were never in threat of losing the game, but he also wasn't seeing the ball very well, we didn't think. Uh, yeah. It was a rainy night, and uh, he was letting up some goals that we didn't think he should have let, let up. And we, you know, we pulled him out of the game, and I looked at him, and it was kind of the same thing with Carter this time around, that, you know, Tonight's not your night, but we we got faith in you that you're going to be our guy. Right. We just got to fine tune some things you, and watch some film. And you don't want to shatter their confidence completely nope. by 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 leaving a man and just having him continue to struggle right. like there, that. There's so. a fine yeah. line, right? When right. when yeah. to you know let him go a little bit, and you know when to. And, and they're also high school kids, not not Division one athletes, not professional <laughs> athletes. Right. So so it's 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 different. Yeah. Because you see in hockey and stuff, they pull the goalies out, but but those are those are pros. Yeah. So, so it, it, it's totally different. So, what well, what do you really enjoy about this team? What, what what do you like about coaching these guys? The thing I love about it most is last year we could put something in and it was going to be executed like we wanted it, and that's it, right? And you know, I had to more deal with all the personalities I had on the team and make <laughs> sure everybody was happy on the offensive side of the ball. You know, yeah, because there's only one ball was for every, four Division uh, One players. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, uh, actually, Austin McMahon went Division One too, so we have five. five. Yeah. yeah, so he went to LIU yeah. in uh, Long Island. Right. So, but this year, it, it's a challenge for us, right? Going in as a coaching staff, you know, where can we move some pieces? What do we have to do? You know, we reflect after every practice and see where we can improve as coaches, so we can, you know, get our message across. And you know, coaching is teaching. And, and and that's the biggest thing we're doing day in and day out with these guys is teaching, teaching, teaching. And, you know, we're hoping that by midseason to, towards the end of the season that they they saturate everything we got and they're like sponges and we could play at a high level and, you know, you know, play with play at the state level again, you know, with the, the broad necks of the world and Churchill's of the world now that we're back in 4A. Yeah, I would imagine you really enjoy that, though. I, yeah, mean, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're making you earn your money yeah, this year. I mean, it's, that's, it's, that's, it's not just roll the ball out and, and play. That's yeah. why we coach, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I look at it all the time, you know, and it's been a fun year so far because of that challenge and to see where a team that has potential – can grow and get to uh, towards the end of the season and if you know if we if we as coaches could do our job right you know 
And, and the other side of that coin is you have to deal with frustrations that you didn't have to deal with last year. The, the, <laughs> the, 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 the drop passes, the, the little things that were done automatically last year are not getting done this, in the same way this year. So it, it's a bit of a tug of war there where, yes, you like you enjoy the coaching part of it, but you're also putting up with some frustrations you might not have wanted to or had to deal with last year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that that's part of it. And holding the kids to that high expectation, and I know I'm not always easy guy to play for, because why, my, why, why, why is that? Because <laughs> my we're, energy, we're gonna get into this. Because <laughs> my energy level and my high expectations, and you know how I keep on them, keep on them, and keep on them, and and I do have a method for my madness that you know I want them to deal with the most adverse situation and environment and practice. So when we go into a game like situation nothing is going to phase them. And that's, that's my mentality behind it. Right. Did you have to recalibrate yourself because you knew it wasn't going to be the same as last year. You knew it wasn't just going to pick up where it left off. Did you have to recalibrate your own expectations and your style, your approach as well? I would say yes and no. Uh, I knew there was going to be growing pains, but my expectation doesn't stop. And, and my expectations still high. So, you know, my frustrations, I have to keep to myself, but, where we are, where we need to be, and where where we are, the expectation stays the same. That that Urbana is, you know, w- the best in the county. You know, that's our goal going in: win a CMC championship, win a regional championship, and compete for a state championship. And that's why I told them at the beginning of the season: that's our goal. You want that to be the bar for the program. That, that's the bar yeah. year in and year out at Urbana High School, and you know. If we don't meet that, that's on everybody in the locker room, coaches, players, and everybody. Right. Do you feel you've reached that level where, where it's, I mean, happening to the, with the consistency you want it to happen? I, so, so far, you know, yeah. so far I do. Uh, and I think a lot of it is the credit to our youth program, that we have a great youth program. And, you know, Coach Hines, who's athletic director over at Urbana, um, you know, separated Urbana from Luya, uh, you know, about six or seven years ago. And we have our own feeder program. Uh, so – you know, we work with the coaches in our feeder program, and they know our terminology uh, coming into high school and stuff like that. I think that goes a long way, and I think, you know, I don't know if we're 100% there yet, but I think we're we're pretty pretty close to, you know, being where I want to year in and year out. Yeah. What, what, what's your background, Gavin? How, how did you uh, get into lacrosse and coaching lacrosse and all that? Did you did you play the sport? I did. I did. Uh, I, I'm originally from Long Island. Okay. Uh, Beth yeah, Page. I, I hear the I hear the <laughs> New York. I hear the New York in your voice. Yeah. Be, uh, Beth Page. Um, so Beth Page, uh, New York. Um, did you play golf? Uh, a little golf, a little okay, golf. Yeah, but I actually didn't play golf a, till I came here. Okay, so. there's a famous course up in uh, Bethpage, there, of course, where they've had a U.S. Opener yeah, too. Yeah, the black so. course. The black yeah, course. right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I didn't live too far from there. I only lived about uh, five minutes. Right from now, there. Maryland is synonymous with lacrosse, but but New York, it's big in New York too. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So Long Island lacrosse is pretty big. Uh, but to be honest with you, I was a baseball player growing up. I was you were. A, I was a catcher up to eighth grade. Okay. Um, and then my neighbor, actually, A.J. Hogan uh, is his name. Um, he was a very good um, high school lacrosse player. I think he was a three- or four-time All-American in high school. And then he went on to play at Johns Hopkins University, where he was a three-time All-American. And then he – And actually, Hopkins is annually one of the best programs yeah, in the country. Yeah. yeah, and then he went on to play US, for USA and professional lacrosse and stuff like that. But he was the one who always told me, come on, 
stay get, get away from baseball, Gavin. Come on, play play lacrosse, play lacrosse. He gave me my first stick, and you know I ended up picking it up in eighth grade. Um, you know, and I just right away I loved the sport, and uh, you know obviously I had to learn that catching and throwing piece. Uh, but once I learned that, you know, with my athletic background and playing soccer and basketball and you know, playing all those different invasion games, it's it's a lot of the same concepts. So I was able to fit in pretty well. well what position did you play? I was a, actually a midfielder. Um, That's eighth, what I would have guessed that. Eighth yeah. grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, eleventh grade, I was a midfielder. And then my coach uh, in high school, Coach Dill, turned to me. And, and I was more of a defensive midfielder. Um, and he goes, Gavin, what do you think about playing long pole? And I said, how am I going to play long pole when I played short pole this whole time, my yeah. whole career. Right. He's like, I think you could do it. I think you're athletically gifted to do it. I think you could do it. And I said, there's only one problem, coach. And he goes, what? And I go, I play defense lefty, but when I go scoop a ground ball, my dominant hand is right hand, and I throw right-handed. Uh-oh. So I think that's weird. Yeah. And he goes, no, that's not weird. I was I was the exact type. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys were weird together. Yeah, so so they ended up switching me to pole, and uh, we had a very successful season. We were actually uh, undefeated in the regular season, uh, which is not easy to do in Long Island. Uh, and we ended up going to the Nassau County Championship game, which is the county we're playing. And we ended up losing to uh, a good a good Limbrook team who won the New York State title Right there. Um but, you know, I had a great high school career, you know, great friends. A lot of them played, you know, at Division One level. So it was, it was very competitive, and that's where I really grew to love the game and knew right from there I wanted to coach. Yeah, you right, 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 right. In high school, you knew yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. You, you knew you wanted to coach. Yep, and then I went on to – actually, I got recruited – I was going to go to LaSalle College in Newton, Massachusetts. Yeah. Which was a small Division three school. Not LaSalle, LaSalle. LaSalle, yeah. yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, and then – we go to that playoff run, and CW Post, who now is LIU, uh, New York Tech started calling me. It was like, Gavin, come on, we'll, we'll give you a scholarship. Come play Division Two on Long Island. So I ended up going to New York Tech actually for my freshman year, playing for Coach Kelly, who's you know just passed away about a, a year ago. I want to say, yeah. Uh, but he was a uh, he he was one of the best coaches to ever coach the game. Um, and I ended up not staying there, actually, because I didn't want to live home anymore. I was living home with my mom. I wanted to get the, the away experience. You wanted to see the world, yeah. 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 So I went to Eastern Connecticut State University, okay. uh, Division three school, uh, about seven minutes away from UConn, actually, uh, where we were we were like nationally ranked about 15th year in and year out. And, okay. Uh, that's kind of where I finished my uh, – my lacrosse career there as a defenseman. Okay. Did your background as a catcher playing baseball, did that help you as a lacrosse, a defensive lacrosse player? Or uh, is it totally unrelated? Not really. I, I think the the one thing that helped me, I played basketball my whole life too. And yeah. I think basketball, I would say, is very similar into lacrosse concepts offensively and defensively. Passing. Especially pa- with pass defense. Breaking. Help defense, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I know the defensive shell drill and stuff like that. So yeah. it's kind of the same concepts in lacrosse with sliding and recovering and all that good stuff. So I think basketball probably helped me IQ-wise to pick up lacrosse so quickly. Well, where, where did you get your competitiveness, I mean, in, in your love for sports? Uh, were, were your parents athletes, or did you have brothers and sisters that no, were athletes? My, uh, or, uh... 
So I grew up with just my mom, and uh, yeah. she wasn't really an athlete, but I had an older sister, four years older than me. I had an older brother, two years older than me. Uh, so I was kind of the youngest. And okay. uh, so my mom, you know, did a great job getting around to all our games and stuff. Um, don't ask me how she did it, <laughs> right. but she did it. Yeah, um, moms, but, fi- moms find a way. But uh, it's funny. When I went to the games – all the kids would be playing on a playground and stuff like when I wanted to go watch my sister and brother play uh, sports and I would just sit and kneel at the game and kind of just watch the game. Uh, and, you know, it's not that I didn't want to go play with everybody at the playground because I love being outside when I was home, but I just love sports so much. And I think I, it must have been that I wanted to learn how to play and be a better player that I just wanted to keep watching the game, watching the game. And that's how I learned. And I think, I wouldn't call myself a super athletic person. I was, I had some athleticism, but I think my IQ, you know, brought right bridged that gap a little bit, you right. know. And from me watching all those games and, you know, learning the different concepts. It was sort of like the mold. Like you were sort of a young co- <laughs> yeah, co- yeah. coach. You were you were obser- you were observing. You were sitting and watching and trying to figure things out. Yeah. So, so your coaching career started probably at the age <laughs> of uh, five 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 Maybe. years old. So. <laughs> Maybe. So, so you grew up in New York, New England, and stuff. Uh, how how'd you wind up in Frederick County? Um, I couldn't find a teaching job. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it's teachers get paid pretty well on Long Island at, at the public school, and I couldn't get a PE job. I actually moved to Northern Virginia for a year. Okay. And coached at Brentsville School High School, which is in Prince William County. Did Did you have to find a place where you could coach? Was Was, was coaching your yeah, uh, coaching uh, was, uh, utmost. I mean, your utmost I, priority. Obviously, yeah. you want to be a teacher, but you know, if I could go back, I would probably say that I wish right after high school, I mean college, that I put my time into college coaching. Mm-hmm. And because you know when you first start coaching college, you don't make much money, right? And you gotta put your time in, put your time in, put your time in to eventually get some money. Yeah. So if I could go back, you know, till I was twenty-one, I'd probably do that because I love coaching so much. But teaching is the second best thing. So teaching, you know, so I love teaching, love being a PE teacher. Um, but coaching was. Coaching is like my gear that gets me, you know. I'd what what is it? What is it about it? Just just helping others, helping others, anal- uh, the, analyzing the game, all that stuff, or analyzing the game, helping others, and you know the relationships with the kids I form is is pretty special, you know. And, and, and like I discussed before, I don't know if I'm the easiest guy to play for, but I I think the kids know I care about them, and you know when it's all said and done at the end of the season. When kids are giving you a hug and saying, "Coach, I can't believe it's over. I'm I, I'm gonna miss this," you know that's the that's the special part of coaching. So your heart your heart on kids in 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 the moment is is what I gather, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Hard on kids in the but they they understand why I'm hard on them and and that I care about them and right. You know, don't don't you have to be doing extent to sort of get them to their potential? Yeah, and I think that's part of it. You know, and and sometimes. The kids might not see it in the in a moment, but I think when it's all said and done at the end of the season, you know, for good or for bad, right? Only one team wins a championship every year, but when a, a kid's crying on your shoulder, you know, if it's a state championship or it's the season's over, there was some type of bond that was formed. And then, you know, I have ex-players all the time call me, text me, you know. You know, especially after that state championship, 
I got, oh my God, from Oakdale texting me. And for guys that have nothing to do with that high school texting you, that means you've made some type of impact in their life. Right. And that's what coaches did for me, and that's why I coach. So. Do you ever have to pull yourself back? Like I'm, you realize you're being too hard on someone, and you sort of have to rein yourself in, or or, or, or no? Yeah, yeah. At times, you know, sometimes I get on it, you know, a kid or something like that. But it's kind of like right away that I do, like I bring them in and say, "Hey, listen, this is this is the reason why." And they're like, "No, coach, right. we got you. You're all right. We're, right. we're good to go." So, so they understand it's a heat of the moment type yep. thing. You're trying to make them better. It, they, they, they don't take it personally. No, I, they don't I, take I, it personally. I, I take it. Because you don't mean it. You don't, I gather you, 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 don't, <laughs> no. you don't mean it personally. You're not no. trying to be a jerk. No, so, no. Yeah. The expectation is high, and, and that's why I always tell them, like, if, if my expectation is not high for you, then, I, then I'm not doing my job, and I'm not becoming making you a better player. But more importantly, I'm not making you a better person because you're going to deal with adversity your in your whole lives. Are, are you generally happy after wins or are you just thinking about what you didn't do as well as you could have? <laughs> <laughs> my assistants uh, always say one of my defaults are that, you know, I always praise the kids, obviously, but right after that on the bus ride home, I'm thinking about the, I'm thinking about the negatives and, the and what mistakes. we could work on yeah. more than what we did well. So that it's like we were didn't do a film session early this season and Coach Camp, who we just brought on, um, who's a teacher in um, Frederick County, but he was out in the Eastern Shore. Um, you know, we were going over. It was a bad. It was a bad scrimmage. We got, we got beat up pretty good. Um, and I was going all over all the negative, all the negative, all the negative. And Coach Camp goes, Coach, I got a question. What did we do well today? You know. And so the kids started telling us what we, because the kids were telling us what we did bad. And then the kids started giving us a positive. So you have to it, remind you have to remind yourself that that you, there there is some good in there. Yeah, too, it is right? good. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. But I praise them when they need to be praised, and you know right. we, we get on them when when we need to get. You're on. You're, you're straight. You strike me as being a straight shooter, Gavin. Yeah, yeah you, you, you you're not you're not you're not gonna gloss them over and tell them things just 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 to say nice things. Yeah. But but you're also but you also understand you can't be the meanest guy in the no, world no, too no, so no. what well, was was that northern virginia position was that your first coaching job or um uh it was not my first coaching job I was on what long was your first coaching i was job? on long island for two years at connect high school okay uh, i was kind of my first year there I was an elementary PE teacher filling in for someone on maternity leave uh and then i was just substituting so i, I coached a jv team there down there um and we did well um actually the second season was the first undefeated jv team they've ever had um, and it was, it was kind of, um, it was time to move on a little bit, I'd say. Um, so I went out to Brentsville, coached there for a year. That teaching job that I kind of got promised didn't really happen. I couldn't really afford living in Northern Virginia, making a sub salary, and right. just coaching high school across. So I actually went back to Long Island and I coached at Rocky Point High School, um, and, I was an assistant coach, uh, helped out with the defense um, with one of my best friends who I went to college with, and Coach Bowler, who was the head coach who was, was there for years. Um, and we actually won a state championship that year uh, in Class B in New York State Championship. Uh, crazy good team, very good talent. Um, and then after that, I ended up coaching at Farmingdale State College, uh, Division Three school on Long Island. And that, that's when, after that, for two years, and then I moved to uh, 
Maryland, Frederick County. I lived here right away. I actually was teaching in Capitol Heights, Maryland uh, at a non-public school, so tough environment, tough kids, um, and I was coaching at Oakdale High School uh, where I was the assistant for three years. No. Three years? Yeah. No, two years, and then I was I took over as a head you know, for three years. Yeah. I mean, your resume is expansive. Like you, <laughs> uh, the, the ADs have to love to see you walk into their office with, with this resume, with, with all, with all this experience. I mean, when, when you started coaching, was it everything that you hoped it would be and everything you so, sort of imagined and everything you wanted it to be? Yeah. I loved coaching. It was, I, I didn't hop around because I didn't love the coaching aspect. No, right. I, yeah. I love the coaching aspect of it. I right. just couldn't get a teaching job. Right. And, uh, yeah. You know, even that commute going back and forth and stuff like that when I was coaching at Oakdale but teaching in D.C. Do you that teach was, math? Uh, P. P, okay, yeah. Yeah, P. So uh, that was difficult. And then I ended up leaving that Capitol High School to be an instructional assistant at Heather Ridge School. Um, <coughs> right, here in Frederick County. Yeah, here in Frederick County. And then Brandon Long actually left Heather Ridge because he was the PE teacher to go to Oakdale Middle School, and I kind of snuck in. As, as a PE t- teacher, okay. finally. Right. Um, and then, so I taught there for three years and coached at Oakdale for three years. But it's it's a different dynamic when you're not in the school and not knowing, yeah. you know, what your kids are doing in terms of a culture piece. Right. Um, and then the, the PE job opened up, the coaching job opened up at Urbana. I interviewed for it, uh, and I got it, and – yeah, you're yeah. there with uh, Coach Stewart. Uh, Coach Stewart. Yeah, Coach Nichols. Coach, share, Coach Chuck Nichols yeah, is there. Yeah, I, share, I shared an office. I was lucky enough to share an office with Coach Nichols, and he taught me, I mean, the conversations we had about coaching were just incredible on how to build culture. And he just, I mean, he helped me immensely in my career in terms of just. Yeah, he's one of the best guys I've, I've, I've ever met. Best guys. In County, be- I mean, yeah, best coaches right. and and a guy who really knew how to build culture, in my right. opinion. Yeah, uh, he had Coach Hines, a, a football coach, yep. uh, uh, w- w- with a lot of experience too. So Co- Coach Wilson. So I mean, uh, so there, there's <laughs> it's a good fraternity of, of coaches over there at, at uh, Urbana High School. So what, what what surprised you about the job? What 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 about coaching? Maybe weren't you expecting <laughs> that it was? Um, I would at, say in probably. Age? The amount of time that I put into it, yeah, but it doesn't seem like that it's really that much time, right? But it, it really is <laughs> when right. I, when I, you know, when you're talking about film scouting and you know, practice planning and all that, but it doesn't feel the, the best thing I love about coaching, it doesn't feel like a job to me. When I, when I go to coach, I'm like in my element, like I could coach. It's what you were born to do. Yeah, right? it was. It, yeah, it, it it was really my calling, I think, and I'm I'm just so happy that I can, you know, fulfill my enjoyment of it and my hobby of it, and most importantly, like we discussed, have an influence on kids' lives, and you know, try to teach them life lessons, and hopefully, they remember something from when their time with me that will benefit their lives, and. To be honest with you, I learn so much from the kids on a de- daily basis. They teach me a lot more than I teach them probably some days. Right. They, they, they coach, relax. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do, they, do they tell you that every once <laughs> yeah, in a while? Yeah, every once in a while. They're like, it's okay. We, we, we did okay. Yeah. Like, uh, not, 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 everything, not everything was horrible. So, 
Um, being a New Yorker, uh, Islanders fan, Long Island, uh, Islanders, Mets, Jets. No, I go, no? Gi- I go Giants. I go Yankees. And I go Rangers. Knicks. Uh, and Rangers. Used to be a Ranger fan, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, I moved here, and the Rangers, they pretty much traded their whole team to the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning right. of what I knew. Right. And I can't buy all these NHL packages and all this stuff. Right. So uh, okay. my wife is actually um, – she's a teacher and coach at TJ, actually, too, um, Jen Lacey. Uh, but uh, she is a Capitals fan, so she kind of has – transformed me into a you're Cavs. a caps fan I'm a caps oh my fan. gosh yeah you, you you've you've traded teams in the same comp <laughs> in, in the, same, <laughs> the, the rangers and capitals playoff and yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in, in the playoffs so yeah. so wow so she's she's turned you huh? she's turned me well she's i mean it me. helps to have alice ovechkin and nick backstrom yeah. and, and all, all, all these guys so that uh, they win so that yeah that, they that, win that, so that, that, helps, that makes right? it a little easier <laughs> yeah. to, to make the transition uh, it, it strikes me in new york the divide is jets mets um, Islanders, Islanders and yeah. Giants, Yankees, Rangers. Why, why is it divided like that? I, I, I don't have an answer. Like, I don't have a legitimate answer for you. Like you don't you don't meet a lot of Mets and Rangers no, fans or Giants and uh, or, or Giants and Mets fans. It, it seems like that that's a pretty true divide right there between those teams. Yeah, it is. It is. My sister actually is a Yankee Jet fan. She's a Yankee. Okay. Jet fan. All right. Yeah. So you, yeah. You, 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 and my you, brother's you, actually a Jet fan too, but he's Jet Met. Okay, yeah, right. I'm the only Giant okay. uh, fan in the family. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a Browns fan, so so I know what it's like to to, to root for struggling football <laughs> franchises. So 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 I so I feel your pain there. Yeah. So, uh, New York, uh, New Yorkers are they're a tough people, right? Is, it, is that where you develop your toughness? I would think that uh, New Yorkers are tough, gritty people. Yeah. <clears throat> right, and you view yourself like that, right? I think so. Yeah. I think, and right. I I try to you know, I try to, I. I always hope that that's my personality of our teams, that we're gritty, we're tough, that, you know, when someone gets off the field with us, win or lose, they're like, those the, those guys gave us all, all we could all, all we could account for tonight. Right. The, the, you, you want your teams to be New York, New York yeah, tough. Yeah. So what was the big difference? What, was it culture shock moving to Maryland, or, uh, or what, was it a big just, difference? Or, just slower. Just yeah, slow, a lot right. slower. Um, did you like that, or did you want more pace? Sometimes I get frustrated at the supermarket <laughs> right. when uh, the cashier is having a conversation with someone in this big line. But uh, I actually love living down here. It's, uh, it's a nice place to live. Uh, obviously, the cost of living is a little cheaper than uh, – Not by not, not much not, anymore. Not by, not by much. Not yeah. much anymore. Right. Um, and uh, to be honest with you, the brand of lacrosse is different. Like in, How in, so? In Long Island, it's, it's, more, it's more physical – um, and here I feel like it's more finesse a little bit. Right. Okay. Uh, is that a good thing? Bad thing? You, uh, you, just you prefer just, a, just, yeah, different. just yeah, different. Yeah. Right. Just yeah. different. Yeah. There's yeah. things you appreciate about both styles. Both I would styles. imagine. So, yeah, absolutely. um, so the expectations are still high, uh, for the team this season, but I, but you said it after the Walkersville game, like the focus is just on day to day improvement, right? Right. Day to day improvement. We focus on one thing a day and what we could get better. Um, and we have goals each and day, each and every day we step in between the lines, and we face those goals at the end of that day, whether it's practice or game. And we talk about did we reach it? If we didn't, why didn't we reach it? And how could we reach it the next day? Um, and, and we just continue to do that, continue to do that, um, and keep on challenging them. 
keep right. on challenging. Our out of count, you know, our out of conference schedule is very, very, very difficult. You know, by you design, know, right? By design. You know, we play Sherwood, who went to the state semifinals, lost to Severna Park by a goal in OT, I believe. Play Falson, who won a state championship in one A. Playing Hereford, who won the two A state championship, and playing Ken Ken Island, who you know is runner up in the two A. So. Yeah. They're going to be challenged, and we're going to be tested, and that was the that was the design to make sure that we are ready, and that we have faced the caliber of teams that we might see at the state level in a regular season. So we're prepared if we have to see a Broadneck or a Churchill. Right. You said the goal Tuesday was transition. You guys were that that was the focus for Tuesday against Walkersville, and it seemed like. Correct me if I'm wrong. You guys hit your goal there yeah i mean transition you know because the first two games it's not that we didn't get transition but we didn't capitalize on the transition we didn't execute the transition um and i think you know tuesday night against uh we found we were hustling off ground balls we won the ground ball battle that's the most important thing when we want to push transition uh and then we found where the uneven numbers were we found the three v2s we found the two v1s and our guys that touched the ball last put the ball in the back of the net, which is the most important thing. And in that Falston game, we got the shots, but we weren't executed. So, you know, we build and build and build. Right. So maybe you don't want to give it away, but what's what's the focus? What's the goal for the for the next game? <laughs> <laughs> the goal for the next game is our communication on both sides of the ball to make sure we're on the same page. Okay. You know, because against Walkersville – couple of times defense elapses, you know, scoring late in a quarter because we're not on the same page. They scored early in the quarter and they scored late in the quarter. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Right. So things like that. And th- that's just being prepared and, and, and being on the same page. So, right. so that's our next uh, All right. order of business to finish. Well, I like I like that New York toughness, Coach Donahue. So, uh, <laughs> th- thanks for coming in. It's been a, been a lot of fun yeah, chatting with I, you. So, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, and uh, look forward to watching your team and see see how far you guys uh, can can, t- can take the run this season. So. Awesome. Thanks for coming in, and thanks to all of you uh, for for checking out the podcast. Thanks to producer Graham Cullen, uh, who's wearing a lot of hats for us right now, and, and still able to, to to get some of these out. We are still working on getting the Oakdale Boys Basketball Podcast, which is my fault. I, I caused the technical snafu that, that we're trying to iron out, but that will be out soon. And then my thanks to our new sports writer Alexander Dacey for coming on as well. All right, we'll see you back here next week on the final score. Take care, everyone. Yeah.